Welcome to the podcast. Today is proudly sponsored by Tidal Sports Recovery Hemp Powered Spray, CBD Cryotherapy Spray for all your aches and pains. Now, the reason why, look, I just love talking about this product is because everyone that I've given it to has gone, Marcus, that is unbelievable. Can, can I get some more? Um, yes, you can get some more. Titlesport.com. I like to give this to all my guests when they come on the podcast and get a follow-up review. This should save my life, man. You know, after suffering that broken neck, as I always talk about in this podcast, um, I've tried Icy Hot. I've tried Bengay. I've tried Tiger Balm. I've, all those kind of sports sprays, useless. None of it works. None of it works. I've tried it all. The only thing that's ever worked for me is this. So go and check them out, titlesport.com. Let them know that Marcus sent you for all your cryotherapy recovery needs. Now, you know what cryotherapy is, right? If you don't know, Google it, man. It'll save your life. How can we forget the Aussie Project, Australia's tastiest meat pies? It's a taste of Australia. They don't have, they don't have good food over here in the United States, especially pies. So a mate of mine decided to bring some Australian traditional foods to Las Vegas. We deliver all throughout the valley here, free of charge. All you got to do is go onto the Aussie Project, tell them that Marcus sent you, say good day to Alex or Lourdes, and we'll get it going. How can we forget? Today's episode is always proudly fueled by. In Ireland, the highest form of compliment in any pub is an insult. So I'm considered quite complimentary. <laughs> Rapper number 12, Irish whiskey. The Marcus Deegan Show. <laughs> What's the story, guys? Welcome to the podcast. Marcus Deegan shooting all the way from Las Vegas, Sin City. If you're new to the channel, make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification button. Tell everybody about the podcast, Sports and Entertainment. We talk to killers. We talk to porn stars. We talk to strippers. We talk to people that chase Bigfoot and ghosts. We do all kinds of stuff on this podcast. We don't hold back on anything. Thanks for joining us again. You know, I was kind of thinking earlier on today... Today's kind of a bit of a significant podcast for me because today is the first podcast that I've done outside of the pandemic. So we started this podcast during the pandemic in March, April last year. Today's really the first one where it's kind of all gone. It's funny. I went down to the Las Vegas Strip yesterday <clears throat> and it was literally like Corona didn't even happen. Fucking click and it's gone. No masks, everyone running around having a good time, dancing, drinking. So guys, Las Vegas, it's hot as hell. You're thinking, why has he got the sleeveless top on today? Well, because this, it's hot here in Vegas. And people don't understand what Las Vegas heat is until you come here. If you're from anywhere else in the world and you've never been here, when they talk about that Las Vegas weather, come and experience it, man. Everything's uh, opened up. Good to see you guys. Thanks for joining us again. I've got another great podcast. Got another UFC bantamweight legend in the building today. I mean, look, this, this, when it comes to killers, you don't get much more of a killer than this guy. I mean, this guy's been through everything. Gun battles, firefights, ruptured eardrums, being in Afghanistan, debut performance in the UFC, and he's in the podcast here today. Who else? No one else, mate. Mr. Cameron Ellis, welcome to the show. Hey, you man, that was, that was awesome. Yeah. How are you, brother? Yeah, I'm very good. Very so, good. talking about that heat, how how long have you been in Vegas now? So, I come in January first, and it wasn't obviously that hot. Since being back, I've been here about four weeks, three weeks. How you handling it? I love it. Really? Yeah, I love it. I think obviously being going back to 2008, obviously when I went to Afghan, it was hotter than here. Right. So it was. Sometimes it's 50 Celsius, which is 115. Yeah. 
to 120. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd done that, obviously, for six months, so you climatized to that. And then after that, I then went down to Brazil, and I lived in Brazil for three months there. That was different as a wet humid, heat, right? very humid. Yeah, yeah. I was up the north part as well in the, by the Amazon. Yeah. So I dealt with that heat. I'm just, I just love the heat, and I think coming from England, we we chase the heat. So the British people chase the heat, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Because the weather's shit over there, isn't it? To be honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm quite lucky to where I'm from in the UK. Being on the southeast, we get the best part of the weather. Right. Um, and last few summers, I for as long as I can remember, we we're hitting nineties. Yeah. So we're getting we we get good summers. Sometimes it's takes a bit longer to get here. Yeah. But then when it's here, it's here for a good month or two, and then. Yeah. kind of filters out and lately the last few years also we've been having they call it an Indian summer where it's like a lot hotter in the October month yeah they have those here too yeah so yeah we we have that but so when, when you say like you you spent some time in Afghanistan with the heat over there mm. you're obviously in full army fatigues boots yeah. fucking you're carrying your guns and everything how do you keep cool yeah obviously so, there's no air conditioning in the tent right no it's, it's a nightmare uh, is, there, is there a fan at least no so what do you do? Just wet a towel and put it around your neck? Yeah, well, when we when we when we was on camp in the safe zone, then yeah, there'd be aircon and tents and that. It'd have to be. But then when you're obviously out on the ground, it's not. It's just you trying to get shade. Yeah. So, so even behind a rock or something like that. Yeah, like and there's quite a big difference in the shade to direct sunlight. But you just you just climatize. And one thing I've my body's always done really well is climatize very well. So like I prefer to run in the heat of the day here. Wow, that's amazing! Like I, I run the mountains on Saturdays, and I like to be out at twelve o'clock, five miles up the mountain, no top on. People look at me. So, funny story actually. The other week I went to the mountain, and I obviously knew, so I was like, I just jump on a fucking track, and I see these runners, and I'm like, hmm, I just fucking jump on their track, and I see these red flags, and I thought I'd just run that route, and wherever they finish, I finish. <laughs> So I started, and then I realised these flags were going on for some time, and <laughs> yeah. I realised they all had, like, camel packs on. I had no water, because I'd just done my litre of water before, like, well, a few litres, so I'm like, I don't need to run with anything apart from my headphones. Phone zipped up on the back, I'm gone. No no glasses, nothing. And then the longer I got into the run, I was like, ah. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't know how long this is going. It's going around and wrap these mountains. And I'm like flying past these people that are running. And I was like, do you know what? Saints telling me, just fucking head back. Cause I Turn done, around. I done like two and a half mile out. Yeah. So I thought, what? Well, I run back. So I ran back. So I like done around five mile. And uh, I get back and I thought, well, I'll go over to the tent. I see a tent. And I said to the guy, I said, bro, I just jumped on this. Like, how far is this? In? And he went, oh, it's 100 mile. I was like, what? It was a hundred mile race. He's like, yeah, it's a desert, like, ultra runner comp that I just slipped on this track and just started going. And I'm one of them once I go and I say I'm going to go, I'm going to go. Yeah. But lucky, obviously, I would have probably just passed out. Oh, no, you wouldn't. Have, they would have found you dead. Yeah, because I had no water on me or nothing. I was just like, boom, gone. Well, that's the thing over <laughs> here in that 107, 115, especially when you get up there in the mountains and get up to 120 degrees up there, mate. Yeah, it's fucking sick. Jesus. I love it, though. I you love do? it. Yeah, just. I, I love it. I love being like I love that heat, and I love training in it. I love working in it. I've, I sweat loads. You're less likely to get injured. Yeah, because you warmed up quicker. Yeah, right? you just your body's going. I just you're in a better mood. Like the sun does that. Yeah. It? Just, well, trust me, it's gonna get hotter. I can't wait, mate. It's gonna get like what? What do you reckon, Ian? By August? 
August, August. Yeah, is, I would say so, pretty much. Yeah. How long did it take you to adjust to the heat? Because you're 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 from the uh, the British the British Isle. Hi. Hi, this is Ian, my engineer. How you doing? Good to see you. Uh, yeah, it's a British invasion today. It is basically. Yeah. Um, acclimatized. Not too long. I lived in Florida before here, but so it was really just the kind of the humidity switch from the humidity yeah. to the to the um, dryness that was the biggest thing. I yeah. prefer the dry heat. Do you? Uh, yeah, for sure. The yeah. sticky heats just you've yeah. told me like. Yeah, yeah. It's like Australia, Queensland, Australia, where I come from. Yeah. Um, it's sticky heat. Like you'll do your hair and then you'll go out and it'll just be <laughs> straight away. It's oh. sticky. It's sweaty. But um, so so. Just, just heading. I just want to touch base on, um, on the Afghanistan. Is this something that you tell? Do a lot of people in this sport know that that you fought for your country and that you spent some time in Afghanistan when you were twenty one years old? Yeah, I think um, because when when I started fighting at, at the beginning, like more in my amateur days, I just got stuck in there, and then when I like turned pro, I wanted to really. I really felt that. As a kid growing up, I was in a fire. I was more suffered with anxiety. That's interesting. Around violence, really? I, yeah, like I just I was I was mouthy as fuck. I, like, I'd run my mouth and make the biggest man shit himself. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, fuck. If he calls me out, I'm fucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm gonna get my big sister. And she's gonna yeah. come in and because my yeah. sister was crazy, and my brother was even more crazy. Right. And I have a little sister. She was just too young at the time, so I couldn't really call on her for backup. But yeah. I used to have uh, yeah, a brother and a sister with big personalities and, and who liked violence. Right. Who, who were tough fighters, like in around my Your area. Your sister? Yeah, my sister my <laughs> sister's a pit bull, man. I love that. Like, I love that. And if she was sitting and I was like she's pretty much identical to me. She's she's tiny though, but she's like she was a straight fuck. Yeah. 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 Like growing up, like just yeah. nightmare. And my brother as well, he was always fighting but to the point of fighting where it was sickening to watch him fight like we don't fight like oh, a couple of punches it was head stomping like yeah, full head butts, bite the nose yeah bite the nose bite what you can and yeah. until someone would pull my brother off it was yeah. like when my brother went he went yeah so I used to kind of uh, they always done that like was around me but do you reckon that traumatized you a little bit to where when you said you were anxious when you saw oh, violence yeah I'd be well more that like I think when you were a kid and you, the thought of being headbutted, yeah, it's scary, right? Fuck, bro, yeah. you're like, no, nah, I don't want to get hit. Yeah, and my brother's known for his headbutts. Like, he's a clean guy's out, and he just showed no remorse. Like he literally had no, like, no switched where it would be. Like he felt sorry for. Yeah, him or no, anything. no, he just wanted to literally. He would have killed many men if it weren't for people yeah. pulling him off. And he never joined the army. Nah. So, I, well, so basically, yeah, like growing up. I didn't like to fight. Plus, when I got home, it used to be quite hostile at times. You? With a stepdad. Yeah, like my stepdad, like my, my dad. Um, again, as I've grown older now, I've realized why he was the way he was at times. And now I, I accept it. Whereas yeah. I went through a stage in my life where I'm really hating him. Yep. Um, and hating my mum. Yep, uh, brother, you're, you're, I, I'm, 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 li I've lived your story right now. Not Afghanistan, but yeah. exactly what you're saying right now so with the stepdad and fucking hating your mum because she took his side. Yeah, and, yeah, and I like, I just, and and still like, I, I, I actually had a deep conversation with my mum probably last year, um, because I fell out with mum. I didn't speak to mum for years with my dad, 
and I was just like, fuck you, how can you allow that man to come into your life and do what he did to me and my brother? <laughs> it sounds familiar, right? So I was like, like no, it's not acceptable. Or not. When I when you have your own kids, you then realise, like, fuck, yeah. it's not right. Is that what changed it? Change or, or did it make it more? It, it made me angry, angrier. Yeah, like at the time, right? But like, I I went for a lot of time of just like hating and that, and then I kind of like went for a breakdown in 2018 and just like fucking basically hit rock bottom, like fully hit rock bottom. And money, I've, mentally, everything, substances, yeah, never substances. I've never touched drugs. The only time I've fucking touched drugs really, I smoked with Snoop Dogg. But you can't fucking pass up on that. Can you? <laughs> Were you fucked after you smoked with Snoop Dogg? Were you really stoned? Yeah, we'll get to that because that's a fucking story. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've never like growing up as a kid, I, I never touched cocaine, never touched pills. Good. Like never done any of that. But I like to have a drink. Yeah. Um, like any normal kid. But I, I was lucky also because I, I, my friends at school were very, loved playing f like soccer, football. Um a lot I really enjoyed being around them and for me as a kid like my my two best friends Ollie and Kieran um so they were two of my best friends I got another best friend who was similar to me um had a yeah he he had a fucking not the great upbringing like yeah. his mum and dad was separated but his mum pretty much spent the whole time in the pub and I was with him the whole time. So we had both, like, we bounced off each other, but then we, we both had these two other good friends who had the the perfect family. Like, the mum and dad, great. So, and Does I. Was your head in, right? Yeah, well, it didn't do my head did in. Did it make you want to go and stay over there? I just lived there yeah. pretty much. Yeah, and, that's I, right. and it was so good. Like, I just, yeah. it got to the point with one of my, one of my friends, Kieran, I, I would literally just, even when he wasn't there, I'd go around and right. stay, stay there or yeah. have dinner with their mum and that. And they become like a real. They showed me what it is like. So it, that they, must have made it harder to go home. It did, it did, but I always knew that it was, to be honest, like, as much as I know my mum wouldn't like to hear it as much because no one wants to hear it, but it never felt like a home. It felt like I'll go get my head down there and then quickly get out. And I was always, I was one of those kids always out building bases, doing crazy shit. And yeah, just like, being around my friends' houses and mm. just being a part of them and seeing how they are. And yeah. I always say to this day, I'm so thankful to uh, my friend Kieran, his his mum, uh, Denise, and his dad, uh, Nathan. Uh, they had such a big impact on me. Yeah, Such man. a big impact. Like, Nathan, for one, he was so he was the paratrooper. Yeah, I can see you getting emotional right now. Yeah, yeah, because they are. They, like, still to this day, like, I, I've run a fight promotion back home and... I'd always like go around, drop tickets off to them, and be like, "That's for your family." Like we're not obviously as close now because you kind of yeah, grow, you grow apart, apart. But I never forget what they did to me. Yeah. So like for me, they're always I'm always in their debt. That's um that's interesting to hear. That that, that just kind of shows maybe your resilience from a young kid. Mm. Um, you were put into an uncomfortable environment with your mum and dad, with your mum and stepdad, and the way that you worked out how to get out of that environment was to put yourself into a place that made you feel. Um, like 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 a son. Yeah. Well, and and in, so the other flip side to it, right, was the only real time I ever felt like my mum was really impressed with me or really engaged with me is when I told her I punched someone today. <laughs> I had a fight because my mum's feisty as hell anyway. Right. So um, my 
like my mum's dad was from Scotland and he's some gangs up in Scotland like he's yeah. a like, naughty bastard from hard, Paisley hard bastards they are yeah like yeah. so she got her anger and that from him and like I played soccer right I can never remember one football game that my mum or dad dad never definitely could never come because his dad he didn't really like me yeah. <laughs> but my mum never once come no family member did I was that kid that there would be like oh can you see if you can get a lift with him oh go with their parents so, and what you don't realise now, I realise is by by me just being the kid that turns up, like everyone else's parents go, so managers won't take the piss. They know, like, played the players and that he plays well. Right. But with me, it was no one there really to be like, come on, you're taking the piss. Like, why aren't he playing? He's better than him or, or whatever. And I'd always just, like, just have to crack on. And, yeah. and it, that's the thing that I realise, like, now being a father is, like, I'll be there no matter what they do even if I can't stand it if my son wants to be a ballerina I'll be there yeah, yeah. screaming like let's yeah, go yeah, yeah. <laughs> kill well, it isn't that doesn't, isn't that funny how generations change like you can't picture not being there for your son supporting him even if he was a ballerina like you said yet our parents they didn't really give a shite back then and, they, they, and, and it never even phased them he's playing football today yeah fuck I'm no. gonna get a lift from old mate up the road yeah and then and then like the other things is like how much negativity was in my house oh. like negativity is like the uh, I'm, so, I'm so big on that now more than ever mm -hmm. and like we get to it when obviously I talk, talk about the breakdown I had but it's like it was always everyone else in my house it was always oh look at them fucking look at them mugs look at them chat. like that was always coming from above me oh look at them look at them they're the bad guys oh they're the traps they're this and, and that. that gets instilled into your brain yeah right? but I was always like well at the time, yeah, you're you're kind of oblivious to it. Just like say you you're naive, and then as you grow older, and like say I had best friends to be around, I'm like, no, they're really good people and that. Yeah. And the only time I am grateful for the rough upbringing I had, and this is what flipped the switch for me when I went first into the military, um, I got carted off up north to Harrogate, and I was 16 because I went in straight from school, Whoa. straight from school. Oh, you joined you joined 16. the army at 16 years yeah, old. Yeah. So. Technically, you're not allowed to join the army at that age without a consent from form your parents. From your parents. What did they do? Fucking sign. Fucking it. sign. Yeah, get out. <laughs> on Let your... me sign it twice, <laughs> just in case. Yeah, get on your way. Wow, but, man. So I went. I went away, and that was the first time where I kind of felt like anxious and like thinking back. And this is saying that my grandma, my nan, um, it's always stuck with me. She always says. No matter what, son, like, the first week or two weeks, it's going to be hard. Yeah. But stick it out because you need to get used to different surroundings. She's, she was when right. You're not coming home. You have to stick it out. Mm. And then in two weeks, she said, especially you, Cam, you, you're a very likable guy. You're very outgoing. You're very caring. You're very, you help anyone. Like, you're going to make friends and you, you, you're going to be fine. And she always said to me, stick it out. And obviously... I went in and it was, it was like, the difference is like most of the army lads that were with me in my platoon, they were all like from half an hour down the road. Hour. I was like a nine hour train journey. Right. So, it so was, they felt like they were just home yeah, anyway. They're yeah, they're kind of yeah, like, yeah. they know that they could on the weekend go downtown and see the mum. Right. See the family, the friends. I, yeah. I couldn't do that. And I went in, I went in there and obviously straight away, I, I was in a room with a scouser, a Bromley. Cutler Scots. Paddy Pimlet was in there, was he? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there, man. 
Um, yeah, just like, just complete mix and all lads in the army and being 16 again, we're naive. You've got to be fucking tough. Mm. You've got to be hard. You can't break. And I ended up getting into a fight um, within about, I was, I was there. I was there for about four weeks before the six week passer and we had we had the we we had a guy in Albertoon who was ranked third in the world heavyweight boxer. His name was Loveday. And the guy was a beast. So we knew he, he was like the hardest fucker. And we was eight platoon and you had seven platoon underneath us who fought there with the bollocks. And it was kinda like waiting for fights to kick off between the platoons to like say we're the fucking hardest platoon. So we're like coming together and in between um, lessons once, we, um, me and one of one of a friend, we were getting a drink at the vending and next panel we realized we're surrounded by about fucking 10, 10 of these platoons. From the seventh platoon. Yeah, and we're like, okay, it's on. And my mate at the time, he was, he was little to me, but he was a fucking stocky lad, he was a rugby player. Um, just fucking switched and just start spinning heads, started knocking them all out. And I was like, oh shit, I guess I got a fight. And again, I wasn't really much of a fighter. I was more like held back, a bit reserved. But as soon as I see my power fighting, I was like, boom, jumped in. in there. And we, we ended up eyeing this guy out pretty bad. Um, and then we went to lunch that day and we talked about, like, we're like the heroes now of Arbatoon. Like, oh, yeah, right. look at us. We're the fucking yeah. top dogs. But I'm also one of them, shit, have I got a target on my back? Someone going to think, oh, I need to take Cam out because he's top dog now. So fast forward that, we sat down and had dinner with Love Day, the boxer, and he was like, Hang on a minute, because he's the he is the top lad. Like you won't fuck with him. He's a boxer. He's mm. heavyweight, and uh, he's like, I'm not having this. He said, Come on, let's go. So we went back up into our platoon. As we walked up, we see the lad that gave it to us originally that we bashed up. He was like a bit bit swollen out, and my mate went, loved him. And he took him berry. We gave him his berry. He went, Oh, come here, lad. What? And still to his dad, I've never seen a fucking punch take apart a man's soul and face. Really? Oh, it was so bad. Like, I just see two teeth fly out, him hit the deck, and he's, like, trying to talk. And, like, you could see the jaw there separated. It, it was bad. And I was like, fuck. And then he went off in there. We ran upstairs. And then it's, you know, they're like, did you else? And this other lad, they're like, you two had a fight at lunch. You need to go to see the uh, CO. Went straight in front of, uh, like, the company officer. And he's like, yeah, you two are fucking on three-month bender you fuck up once and you're, and you're gone out of the army and i was like bang so we had to sign for it and all that then about an hour later this kid gets gets rushed off the hospital because he's like bleeding bad and then they're like they they arrest love day and love day ends up having to go through the court martial now me and this other lad didn't go through court martial purely because we'd already signed and accepted our punishment before right so we can't get double done and we've admitted it yeah so it's like yeah so, but Love Day, they were like, no, this guy's injuries are fucking bad. Like, right. this is a kid that's been away from home four weeks, and now we gotta, he's gonna get back squad here. We gotta ring his parents, 16, but anyway, 16, this lad, and saying, yeah, his jaw's completely fucking evaporated. Fuck. Broken through three places, complete snap jaw. Love Day end up getting two years, two years of eating army prison. <laughs> is that bad in army prison? Yeah. It's, I mean, I can't really say too much because I don't know because I've never been, but it's more like discipline, fitness and that. So it's not that as... So it's not a jail, it's so not, to speak. It's still jail time, like you're in a cell and you've you, you, you got to work your bed spaces and they're strict on you and you're doing bullshit jobs, but it's not like a, a, a prison outside yeah. as such. Um, but it's you're on hold. You, I don't think you get paid while you're in there and it's on your record 
And the only reason why Love Day was going to get a lot longer and get kicked out. But when they pulled out the report, the doctor report in 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 the in the court, we had to go and give our statement and say, yeah, that we had bashed this lad before. And therefore, the doctor said they fractured his jaw. He broke. Yeah, the his injuries jaw. were because of prior. Yeah, it yeah. weren't it weren't just because of him. So he got a bit of a slap on the wrist. But still, we had to go away. Yeah. and do it. But that's when it started to build my character. Of mm, fighting's not that bad. And then it weren't until I had to leave. I had so I passed out of there. I went to phase two training. And phase two now is you're with the adults. And I I was going to parachute regiment, so it was just fucking killers. Like they're the elite. Yeah. best yeah well the paratroopers there's the i mean a lot go for that gig but not a lot get through is that right no, cameron no yeah 100 <clears> percent. <throat> like uh originally so yeah so i went went and i got to test week and then i ripped all my ligaments in my ankle and it was bad and they were like you're 17 you can have an operation there's a chance to, uh, it's going to be 18 months until you're back fully and then you gotta go back to training again they said, oh, we can medical discharge you now and you can come back and let your injuries heal yourself. And I was like, I'll do that option. Yeah. So I left and then I was like, fuck this, I'm going scuba diving. So I, I went and just, because I didn't want to go back to my hometown and I'd experienced of being outside. Yeah, so I, you wanted to stay out. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. this is what I grow most. Yeah. Like, this is what you learn. That's right. On your own and gone. And I didn't, I didn't, the army taught me not to rely on anyone. It's just like, as long as you can go you can fucking do whatever you want you ain't yeah. got oh what do you want to do today is just get up and go yeah and i went to i went to uh to turkey learned how to teach scuba diving got a job there for the end of the summer then the following year went to spain and then my injury was better so then i'm like fuck i need to go back and be a paratrooper like really you really went you yeah. went back so i was like there's not like oh, i i never want to be that man sitting in my chair with my grandkids around me and saying oh well if I had done this, yeah, I, I, I could have done that. Right, I, I, I reckon, yeah, like, fuck yeah, that. Yeah. I'd rather try everything I've done and failed every time and go, yeah. I gave them all, it's fucking hard. Yeah, exactly. But I'm never going to be that guy that sits there and goes, I reckon if I, I could, no, nah, bollocks. Yeah. It just eats me up. And so I was like, right, I'm going back. And my girlfriend, she was like, this is what you want to do? I was like, yeah, 100%. I need to go back. And I and then I got offered a job in Jamaica teaching scuba dog. And I was like, "Fuck!" So Jamaica? you're a qualified scuba instructor. Yeah, Paddy. So, and I was like, "I'm not going. Fuck Jamaica, paratrooper. Let's go fucking. Let's go. Let's do this." And then I rung them up, and they were like, "I had to go through these tests again to get cleared. I got cleared, and they said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna start yet like week 12. So I was like, "Sweet, phase one out of the way. Thank I do that bullshit." Yeah. I rock up there, fucking shave my head go and I get there and I'm not kidding you on the way that the again this is when it hit me like oh, I don't want to do this again fuck this and I remember getting the bus and it was snowing and I just left my missus I was proper loved up and I was like I don't want to do this don't want to do this ain't for me and then I get there and they stick me in a fucking platoon and a holding platoon and I'm like what's happening I thought I was going to say yeah just you're in here for now and then they go Oh, you just fucking just stick him in at week three. And I'm like, week fucking three? <laughs> in my life, that's not in basic. I've got to do basic training again. And in the end, I was like, you know, fuck this shit. And Saint in me just said, fuck him. And I just walked out. I said, fuck this. You lied to me already. But I was kind of like looking for excuses to, to get out to anyway. Get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you'd already put that in your yeah, head, Yeah, because I right? put it in my yeah. head. So then I left and I jumped on the fucking bus and I got to the train station and I ran with my missus and I was like, Fuck this, I'll go to college, I'll be a Brit lad. And she's like, 
that's not you. Ugh. I said, look. I said they said they were going to put me in at week twelve, so now they put me in week three. And she was like, "They're trying to test you already," and I was like, "And then they rung me and were like, where the fuck are you?'" And I was like, "Look, I, I want to go home. I, I, I don't think this is for me." And they said, look, "I'll tell you what, go home for this weekend. You're coming back. You in week three? Get your fucking head on it." And it was an old sergeant that knew me before, and I was like, "All right." So I went home and I spoke to Miss out, and she was like, "You will regret this." She went, this is what you live for, Cam, to challenge that. And I was like, you know what? You're fucking right. See you later. And I went back and I said, fucking stick me in at week three. I don't care. I'm going to smash it. And there was about 98 of us that started and only eight of us passed. Wow. Like wow. eight, eight originals. Like... So what, what that means is eight originals passed. By the time we got the test week, they, they had to put two platoons together. Because other... Everyone, everyone had dropped off. Yeah, so they had like two small platoons. They put... They put added more people to us right and then what they then do like I think like 50 people started 20, like it, half of that if half if less pass but actually original who started me from the free week there was about 8 or 9 of us wow and do you stay in contact with any of those guys yeah I do now <clears throat> um, went for a stage when I first come out I didn't I just resented them I resented everything yeah everything to do with the military I just fucking hated um but yeah, now I've got I've got some friends and yeah, that. Yeah. Um, again, I think it's more also like it doesn't matter what job you're in or what someone sells to you. You can oh you go work here, it's the best job in the world. There's always negativity somewhere in there. Right. And there's always bad guys in somewhere in there. And there's always like vampires that suck your energy in every job you do. And 100%. when you understand the 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 negativity and the vibe and the positive people, and you you can start to yeah. Like separate yourself and understand, realize. Well, that's I'm not going to give them too much time. Yeah. Then we really start to grow as a person, and I think until you work that out, yeah, it don't matter what job you're in, you can always. It's, right. it's easy to switch your, your you to a negative way of life. Yeah, I read this statement about you, and tell me if this is true or not. You were asked by the interviewer why did you join the army so young, and you said, "Because I wanted to feel what it would feel like to kill people, yeah, bad guys." Is that yeah. a true statement? Yeah. <laughs> You talk about that? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I love it. Like, so you wanted to experience that? Yeah, like I did. Like I generally like Did you experience it? Like no. I'd say I wanted to I want to go I, I wanted to like it sounds fucked up, but I wanted to take man's lives. Yeah. I wanted to take the bad guy's lives. And I think also because as a kid I used to I used to hold a lot of anger in. So that's what I was. That was that was where I was leading. Do you do you think that all stems back to fucking living at your mum and, and stepdad's? Yeah. Is that some kind of may, manifestation may, there? Maybe. And also, I feel like I always knew how fucking great I am. Right. <clears throat> and no one ever fucking see it. No one give me the time of day. No one believed in anything I did. No matter what I did, put my hand to. Never. Ever. Why do you think that was, bro? Because I, I think I was just a fucking number. That's what I used to think. I was in my family. I was just a number. Mm. Like, I didn't I didn't feel love until I met my the mother of my kids. Right. Like, I felt like... Always felt love for my, my nan. My nan, like, I used to get told, oh, yeah, she fucking, you're the favourite. I was deaf. Like, I used to suffer with hearing anyway. So, my dad used to take the piss out of how I used to talk, say, sound like Pengu. Funny now, but as a kid, it was fucking quite gutting. But, um, yeah, it was just, it was weird. My dad would try and get me and my brother to fight each other, turn us against each other. I remember fighting my brother in front of my dad's friends. 
What? Yeah, it's like, so, I mean, there's a number of things. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, my mum, like, my mum always gave us everything she could give me. Like, she, but she just didn't give the thing that I needed most. My mum would go fucking into debt making sure we got the flashiest gear on. Mm. Every Christmas, I knew my mum's going to be, like, fucking paying that off for the next 10 years. Right. Like, my mum is the most, one of the most caring people you could ever meet. But she's also a fucking lunatic. So it's like one side's one extreme and one to the other. And my mum also, like one thing I've learned from getting older and going through my breakdown and working things out is that my mum suffers bad from mental health. And um, my mum's relationship with my stepdad was so fucking toxic. Like you couldn't get for a day without hearing, you fucking cunt, you fucking prick, fuck you cunt, yeah. smashing up the house. Like on what I remember, like even going down to my brother, my older sister. What like my brother was winding up my sister, got calling her a slag under his breath, going slag, slut, slut, flicking water at her, and my sister's there boiling the kettle. She's like, "Pop, fuck you, cunt!" Straight on him. Like, yeah. That's how mm. shit regularly would happen. He's like, yeah. "What the fuck?" Now, no wonder people have mental health issues when they get later into their life when they're brought up in those kind of toxic horrible environments that no one should experience do you think that mental health is something that people is cognitive or are you born with it or you learnt it i think it's being institutionalized into certain situations like as a kid we're so naive right there's there's kids in afghan 10 year olds fucking shooting people and taking their heads off and laughing right is that right and laughing that's because that's what there's fucking men to do like the kids are so easily manipulated. Children are. The mind is so easily manipulated when it's growing because you have, you, you, you can only learn from what you see and what you hear, right? Right. So if you've not heard or seen anything, you can't, you can't just come up with, oh, that's a lie. No, you've seen it. Right. I always have this theory, like, believe in half of what you hear and half of what you see because even what you see can turn out to be complete, something completely different. Right. From a different angle or whatnot. Like, so I do, I, I think... I, people's mental health definitely it doesn't stem from they're born with it it's something that's happened along the line and it's okay for them to act like they act and then they carry on going and then you sit back and you realise fuck like the way I come out of the army when I went when I had my breakdown and I, and I had to go uh, basically see a counsellor and that so hang on one sec. Just let's just let you've, you've mentioned breakdown a couple of times. Yeah. Now. Can we just kind of elaborate on that a little bit so people that are listening can understand what you mean by a breakdown? I, f I had a full fucking one. Tried no, to do myself like. Oh, it? you tried to do yeah, yourself like, in? Yeah, just like fuck this, I'm done. Really? Like, yeah, I can't be asked for this life. At what age? 2018. Oh fuck! So this is just recent, bro. Yeah. Oh Jesus! And it was it was me hitting that low. That made me realise, hang on, I need to change shit. Like, why aren't I in the fucking UFC yet? And then I realised, like, when I started building myself, fuck, I thought I was doing everything, but I weren't. The easiest way to explain it, and a famous quote that was told to me from my coach, Brandon Gibson, down in Albuquerque. I can't remember it word for word, but it just stuck, it stuck in my head, and it was, you can't, oh, what is it? The seeds we plant today, you can't reap tomorrow. Right. Like it happens in like yeah. three or four yeah. months' time. That always stuck with me. And um, the easiest way for me to explain it now, 
I was doing. I'm. I'm. I'm a nice guy. I'm. A, I, I believe I'm a, a very honest stand-up guy. I'm. I'm. I will do anything for anyone. I'll yeah. give you my <clears throat> last buck. I don't care. You can take everything from me because I know I'll be all right. Because I'm a guy that gets the fuck up and goes out and does it. Right. I, I don't talk shit. I get out there and do it. Yeah. So I always be all right. But if I if I, if I have to be honest, and you have to be honest with yourself, and when you hit rock bottoms, you fucking you, you got no choice. You're looking at yourself in the mirror. So I was doing a lot of good. I was doing eighty percent good, but I was doing twenty percent bad things here and there. And they add up. And I believe if I'm like, I've cleared this patch of soil and I'm planting good seeds, but now and again, I sprinkle some bad shit in there. Right. But that's the karma. That's the shit that always comes around and catch you. I don't believe in karma as much as clear as they say it is, is but it, it's something that will happen over a long period of time. If you're getting away with certain shit and you know you're fucking being a bit of a cheeky cunt, it's going to come and bite you. And yeah. what ended up happening to me was... I, w I was going through a stage in my life. I was dealing with a lot of shit, like my, my child upbringing. I also found out that my my, bro uh, my brother's gay. So I found out my brother was gay. The tough one. Yeah, the tough one. Like, tells me the toughest gay fucker I'm. <laughs> <laughs> right? So again, got quickly going back, to, going back to my upbringing, my stepdad would always go, you, you little gay, you little queer, you little fucking you gay, puff. gay cunt, puff cunt. Oh, your brother's gay. Give him a bash. But my brother like, ain't fucking gay. But my brother hung around with girls. And even, even as a kid, it's easily for your dad. Oh, fuck, I want to be my dad's side. Yeah, fuck you, you gay. Mm. But then next week, they're all ganging off me because I can't speak properly because I fucking right. get stuck with my words. So right. that's how like bad that environment were. So, like, him having to deal with that, I then understanding that okay, my brother's gay. And then that's what really like hit home for me, how much I hated my dad and that. Because my brother came out and told me in 2017. And he tried and to kill Did you have any idea? No. And I'll tell you why. And, it, and this is another thing with me. If, you, if you're honest with me and you give me, give me your word and look me in the eyes, I trust you. I've got no reason to until you break it. And all my friends, closer friends, they knew my brother's gay. Everyone knew he was gay. Everyone used to tell me, bro, your brother's gay. I'm like, he fucking ain't, mate. Because he'll tell me. Because I don't judge. I don't give a fuck. Like, just don't suck a dick in front of me and we're good. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't care, mate. Whatever makes you happy makes you happy. Just right. don't harm others. So when he told me, it was 2017, I, I remember it being New Year's Eve, and he texts me and he's like, I need to talk to you, I need to talk to you. I'm like, what the fuck is it? You gay? And then my phone bus went, yeah. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? I was like, oh, shit. And I looked around and... My missus and my best mate, Ben, the kid that I said we yeah. also had a shit I'll ring in, like, he is there. And I, I went, but we need to go shop. And he was like, why? I was like, just need to go shop, get some beer or something. And he was like, you got to be in the fridge. I was like, well, like, fucking hell. Like, Man needs an excuse to go shop. Let me go shop. Yeah. Ben, you're coming. I get in the car, I sit down with bruv. Guess what? He went, right? I went, my brother's gay. And he went, yeah. Why the fuck are we going to shop? <laughs> so it wasn't yeah. a shock to them. Yeah. You and I went, bruv, you're not hearing me. I said, my brother's gay. Yeah. And he went, yeah, we fucking know. Everyone knows. <laughs> Why are we going to the shop? I'm like, what the fuck? And then it clicks in. And I was like, yeah, but it's because I genuinely believed that he was not gay. Because, because he, he said told that he, me. Yeah, he said so he was So I've always vouched for him. I said, nah. Like, and plus I'd been on holiday, holiday with him and I'd seen him fucking work some bitches. So yeah, yeah. I was like, 
But it was all a cover-up. And the thing that upset me most was that... You wish that he had to come out and fucking, fucking told tell you. Me. Yeah. Tell me, you fucking idiot. Yeah. I don't care. Like, it does, I think also because I was a fighter. Maybe maybe he thought as we grew older... You wanted to protect him a little bit, maybe? Yeah, or like I wouldn't like it because the the, the fight well done. Okay, yeah, I get it, yeah. There's no gays yeah. at the minute come out. Yeah. But maybe maybe that as well. And <laughs> come out. Except Joshua <laughs> Fabia, right? Oh fucking what a noise. <laughs> but so I think like with him it was I don't I don't really know. Also, maybe because he suffered so much abuse as a kid. And this right. is where I feel so bad because he's my big brother that looked out for me. Always. But I also was a part of the problem. My older sister was, my younger sister was, my dad was. Everyone at school was, like, gave him so much abuse. And that's probably why he was so fucking violent. That's right. Previously, I went to school, he was like, go go fucking say it to him. Yeah. Because you won't. Yeah. Because he'd fucking kill him. Mm. And he would. He'd bash everyone up. So it upset me. And then when I found out he was going to kill himself and that, that pain was, I'm like, I almost lost my brother because of my stepdad and my mum. Yeah. And I blamed them. And I, I was like, you know, bro, I said, I just replied back to him and said, all right, that's good, bro. I said, as long as you're happy, I don't give a fuck. I support you. Just don't suck dick in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's no, it. I wouldn't want to. I, I don't no, think I'd want to see not that. Not really either. my thing. No, not my thing. But um, I said that to him. I said, oh, by the way, I'm flying out to you as uh, soon as Chris went away. Next week, I'll fly out to you. And I, I made it my goal to just fly out to LA because he lives in LA. I live there now. Yeah, he's a single songwriter, smashing it. But I wanted to just make out like I'm here for you, yeah, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't give a fuck what environment yeah. you're in. Yeah. Like you're my brother, and if someone's talk shit, I chin him on the spot. Yeah. Fair and play, fair play. Fuck, bro. Did I get a shock though? Because it went from me seeing my tough brother to all of a sudden like seeing now, now, okay. now I see the gayness. <laughs> that was my next question. Did the gayness come out? Once? Bro, <laughs> I'm now like this on my phone on his Instagram. I'm like. <laughs> I'm like you gay motherfucker you are gay you are gay <laughs> and then this is right I get out to LA and I meet him and give him a big hug and that and he, I said what are we doing and he's like I'm performing tonight he fucking stitched me up here didn't he like he likes a bit of banner brother but this ain't banner and I was just fucking wait he's banner he's funny as fuck because I do shit like this but I meet up with him and he's like yes we've got to go down to you know One Oak in LA Right. So he's performing there. And I'm like, sick, this club's gangster. So we went down there and he does this sound test and all that. And I'm like, yeah, fuck. Because I love his music. He's proper dope. And he's very deep. He's very deep as well. So he can really produce his writing. And um, anyway, I said, what were we doing before? He said, oh, we're going to my friend's. It's his birthday party. And I was like, all right. What are we doing there? He said, we go there first, have a couple of drinks, and then we're... We're, they're all go, we're gonna come watch us perform. I was like, all right, we've got a birthday party. He went, yeah, he's gay. I was like, all right, yeah, no doubt, he's gay. Here we go. But he took me to his party, and there, there weren't one female there. It was like 60 straight gay ass blokes, like all gay as fuck. And they're like, oh my God, Cameron, look at you. And they're all like trying to hit on me. And then my brother just fucks off and leaves me because he's saying hello to whoever. And then they're all like, it, they're funny. Yeah. Like I've got no problem with gays. I think that I think they're fucking hilarious. And I think every man should have a fucking gay best friend because yeah. I just think there's. So, I have a couple. Yeah, I think that I think they're quality. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I had a band over them, and then I'm like, oh yeah, what are you boys doing tonight? I said, oh, we're coming to watch your brother perform. I said, oh yeah, that should be good. I said, yeah, you know, it's a fucking drag night. <laughs> 
I was gonna say I didn't want to be respectful by saying he's not a fucking drag queen, is he? No, right. So he's not a drag queen, but it was like a drag night one out where it's just basically like it was doing something for the gay community, and he was obviously a big fucking thing. So now I'm there, and I'm I walk in this club. I was just expect, it's it's not that I want like don't care, but I just want to be a bit around normality, and I'm walking in, and I'm getting groped, I'm getting grabbed, and I'm like, oh, fuck it, just. Just, just, go with that, it. just go with it. Yeah. So now I'm having a few drinks and that, and I'm at the table, like, I've got a VIP table with a fucking bunch of 20 gay blokes as yeah. well. <laughs> You're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just like having a laugh and I never get it. There's this little dude, he had me in stitches all night and he's like, Cameron, can you put me on your shoulders? I was like, yeah, no problem. And I picked him up, but he's so light. I've got to throw him on my shoulders, but I've thrown him straight over. <laughs> and I'm on the stage on this table. So he's fucking gone off my shoulders and straight down onto the fucking floor. <laughs> so the gayness comes out of you a little, even though you, you, when you, like once again, you become a product of your environment. Yeah. You felt comfortable being but, around those dudes and putting yeah. someone on your shoulder. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't care because I know who I am. Right. So it does not matter to me. If people yeah. say, oh, you, you, was, you was at dinner with fucking 10 gay blokes. Yeah. Fucking more real than you. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. it doesn't mean I'm gay. Yeah. Like, yeah. What did your gay friend say I, I was? Did he say I was 60 percent? 60 percent. fuck off. I'll go 10, but I won't go 60. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it out. You know what that is, though? That's them because they all think they're going to change. Oh, it. no, they do. And that's the thing. Most gay guys, they fall in love with. I know. They're going to steal me from Jenny over there. Oh, no. He, he was going hard yesterday. Oh, that's right. It's Gay Pride Week. That's what? Oh, it is yeah. Gay Pride Week. Yeah. So, yeah. see, when I see, when I see that, Gay Pride month, month, Month. Month. When I see that, I thought Pride. Yeah. In the fight. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> Did you fight in that organization? Nah. Oh, fuck, I'm not cage, that old. Cage, cage Warriors, right? Cage, I've done Cage Warriors, Bama. I've done all the biggest shows in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last biggest show I did was Brave. Done Bellator. And now, I always knew I was going one way. Did you, did, was that your goal to be in the UFC? Was that your mindset from when you first started fighting? So, I come out of the army. and Well, I was on the verge of coming out of the army. I was fucking going off the rails. Um, my best friend was like, look, you've been arrested now four weekends on the trot for fighting. Even though I won't start in the fight, because I'll make it known now, I won't start a fight. But give me an opportunity to see a bully or see someone trying to be a bully. I'm putting one on his jaw. Like, bang. Because I used to get bullied. I used to feel, I know what it's like to feel anxiety of the feeling of someone wanting to fucking hit you. And you'd, and you'd, and you and you too and scared I'd, to yeah, fight back. And, yeah, bro. And that it gives me goosebumps now. Like, I just, I can't stand it. Yeah. So what I used to do is I got to a point quickly going back, quickly going back to the arm, right? Because I wanted to just, it's a really decisive moment yeah. where I really realized, hang on a minute, I can just punch some cunt and that's it, yeah. done. And this is where I am thankful for, for my upbringing because I was in the arm, just going back to the second time when I went back into the army yeah. and I joined into a men's platoon and there was a guy there called fucking Stemphill, fucking tattoo on his chest, says pain is weakness leaving the body. I'm like, fucking, this dude's scary. And he's fucking like me, telling, like, oh yeah, I fucking broke this knuckle. So I'm a bit like, fuck, no one wants to fuck you. And like, you could tell like the corporals and that hated him because they're like, you fucking little shit cunt. Like, people should just give you a whack. And I was the youngest in the platoon and we was, uh, we joined another platoon to go swimming. And we're lined up outside and this, this lad is standing beside me. And 
someone else cracked a joke about him. And he was like, and I laughed. I was like, that was pretty funny. And he went, fuck you laughing at. And he fucking whacked me straight around the head. But I was right on the wall, so my head just hit the wall, like hard. You know, like you flinch. So I'm like, boom, boom. I lost my shit. I just stepped out off the wall and just punk, come around with my left hook. And I hit him square on the bridge of the nose. And a kid, oh, kid, sent it sideways. Honestly, still to this day, it's probably the ugliest nose break that I've personally seen and done. And I, I fucking cracked him, and his, the whole nose just literally, and then I just fucking unleashed, like, mm. boom, boom. And the kids just went screaming. Like, ran off, mm. ran out the door, and there's fucking blood everywhere. And I just got back in line like that, fucking raging. All the blokes are like, the fuck? Because I was so tiny as well. I had to put weight on to join the Paras. They told me, go away, get fat. You're coming in now. Yeah. So, and then the corporals come out and they just see the blood. And they're like, what the fuck? And I was like, I've just fucking punched Stenfield. And they're like, and they looked at me and I was like, else? What? Because they all thought he was a hard bastard yeah. as well. Yeah, and they're like, and if anyone, it ain't going to be fucking else. Yeah, right. It's tiny. Anyone else except else? Yeah. And I was like, no, there's no one else. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah. And I said, what the fuck happened getting here? And I said, yeah. I said, someone cracked the joke and he smacked my head and I just fucking cracked him. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. they went, fucking good on you. Go get me that cunt now. <laughs> they bring him back because he's all fucked up. And they're like, get up to the medicine now. Fucking door hit you in the face, you little cunt. Fucking well done, else. That was it. That's I was it. a legend. Yeah. It was like, and in my head, I and was, was that was that a changing? That man? was because I I said to myself, "There's a fucking bully there. All I got to do is fucking crack him." And that's when I started to realize, "Hang on, I got dynamite in these fucking hands." And then that was it. And that's what. But it also kind of also I started to look like I become what I hated. Right. Because I was fucking... Did you like that or or, not, or did you use that as fucking strength and power? I used it as strength and power and I just loved fucking bashing cunts for being dicks. Yeah. So any opportunity, I'd just be like, what? I honestly, when I got... It got to the point when I got back from Afghan, I quickly become the lad where everyone... I'd turn up. I actually got a message on my Instagram from, from obviously a guy that I served with. He, who was a lot higher up the rank. He was on the guard duty. And he messaged me and said, you're a mad cunt. He said, I'll never forget that when you come in at three o'clock in the morning, covered in blood, head to toe. And you just fucking like wrapped up two geezers, bashed them up and... Just sweat light on your bunk yeah. and went to bed. And then when, he said, I'll never forget it. Said, I knew you was going to be a fucking tough cunt. Yeah. And, but yeah, so when I got back from Afghan and I've just been, been at war, being with your brothers, they put their, put our lives on the line for this fucking country. And then I'm in a bar and then you got some dick being chopsy and rude to my friends. I'd literally go to the toilet and I'd walk back and I'd be like, are you fucking being rude to my pal? Yeah. <clears throat> and they'd be like, who the fuck are you, you little cunt? I'd be like, me. Pop. So did Bang. You, done. Okay. Did you think you had the right to do that because yeah. of... So you you had that, yeah. I'm going to hold this on my shoulders. I've fought for this fucking country. I'm yeah. a paratrooper. I've been in the army. Yeah. And you're being a drunken dickhead to my mate. I'm yeah. going to fucking take you yeah, out. Yeah, I'm going to fucking bang you. You're yeah. a bully, mate. You're, you're a little piss-taking cunt. And I'll just bang anyone and everyone. Like, anyone. Didn't care who. Didn't care. The bigger, the better. Yeah. Can you pause for one sec, Ian? I'm going to piss... I'm gonna keep it running. I don't know about this. This will uh, this will be good for the edit. Mm. So if if CJ who's who's editing this thing, you you're more than welcome just to leave this in because I think it's pretty funny. You know, we'll just wait while uh, while uh, he is so scared right now that he is literally pissing himself <laughs> right now. Just just thought I'd let you know that that yeah he's uh 
He's quite scared. Because I think what it was is that you said you would punch anyone at any time for anything. Yeah. And I think he got a bit concerned. Yeah. He, he touched my foot. Did he? It? Is that... Hey, I'm just saying, that's cause. Wait, I think it might be 70%. He might be 70%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's just cause right there. Yeah. Just saying. Well, he's on his way back now, so we'll see. No, I just washed my hands. Oh, we're not going to tell you about this edit now, but you'll see. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll yeah. see what happens afterwards, right? Yeah. All right. We'll see what CJ does with this edit. But we've got a theory. We've Are we just going to keep it in? No, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's up to the editor. You know, we we have a theory, right? don't we, Cameron? Yeah, we have a theory. Fucking Britain sticking together. Seventy percent. Sixty. Anyway, right. Let's go. Yeah. So, I <laughs> all right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on. Uh, hold on. So, it, if we are, if we are going to be editing, and again, we might, we might not. Yeah. Um. Let's just. Uh, who was I on? Let's just go back with. Yeah, it was on you. So, so come in with a question. Okay. All right. Yep. Bummy, punch on you. you punch okay. Anyone. So, so when you said you were bashing everyone, had you worked out elbows then, or was it just fists? Because I've seen your elbows, mate. Jeez, yeah. they're slashes. Yeah. Um. No, it was just fist and bite. I used to like biting people. Really? Mm. I'd do whatever I can to inflict as much fucking damage and make them wake up next morning and go, that cunt, and yeah. look at my face. And it, uh, it, the funny thing was also, I remember my, I, I was out on the piss one night, and this is when I just joined the battalion. So a couple of the guys, the senior Toms and that, knew me. From the first time. So I knew I could have a run and don't take the piss out of camp. Leave him. Um, and I went out and I was in a fucking, I was, I was in the, uh, I was in the club Yates's and I was with a friend and we were just having to be a mind their own business. Next thing I know, the fucking, the old school paratroopers come rocking up, sergeants. I'm talking like they were, they were like 30, late 30s, I'm 20. And they're there and then, Spencer's name was Shoot Spence and he was the mortars and the mortars in free para just all you got to do is google free para mortars three para mortars yeah mortars between fucking they're naughty cunts like they're just like the fucks the fucking the, they're the fucking everything about free para is them like they just right. drink each other's piss beat each other up oh yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. just nasty bastards yeah and anyway I'm I'm out and this sergeant said something to me, take the piss out of me. So I'm like, okay. And he was like, what'd you say? I was like, well, nothing. Like, minding my own business. And I was sober at this time. He started being really rude to me. And, I, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck if this is a sergeant. In my head, I'm thinking, I'm going to fucking bang you, you cunt. Like, I'm out. I'm not in my army rank. Don't fucking push it. And he was like, fucking get out now. And like, he started really giving it to me, my mate. And they all started, like, giving it. And I was like, well, fuck this. And mate's like, look, don't, don't, just leave it. So I walk out. And then they come outside. And I'm like, it's bite time because I've done nothing wrong. I ain't been rude yet. I'm standing there. And then I'm one of them. I put a marker on the floor. And there was a yellow line. I was like, that can't cross that line. I'm going to nut him so fucking hard because I'm not getting banged for no one. I'm not just taking a punch because I'm a private and you're a fucking sergeant. You can't handle your beer. Mm. Like, fuck you. And I knew I'd get filled in, but I live by morals and you're not crossing my moral. Yeah. So I set this line up and he's come walking, he's giving it to me and I'm like, tick tock. And I'm thinking, like, I'm just smirking in my head thinking, you don't fucking know. This little dude is going to knock you out of your head. But 
and he literally got to the line, he stopped, and he went, fucking get a cab. And he just turned his back, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then I went back to camp, and then the initiations are starting the next fucking day. And it, to be, in, I was being initiated, and it was only me and this one other lad, Roth, his name is, South African fella, who would get, we, we were the only two to join this platoon. Now, you hear about stories when you're, when you're in training about certain people in the reg. Now, there's one guy called The Monk. It's a fucking crazy name, right? Yeah, have you seen the... Jason Stratton plays him. The Monk in the prison film. Right. No, I haven't, but I love Jason Stratton. Yeah, I'm sure he's Jason Stratton, but he plays The Monk. I've forgotten the fucking... The name of the film. you should got to watch it. But anyway, his name's The Monk because he's a fucking lunatic. He beats everyone up. He's the hardest person in the reg. You don't want to cross this guy. Guess whose fucking platoon is in? My platoon. Guess who his best friend is? Spencer, the sergeant that, that I've that just you fucking yeah, necked off, off to. Yeah. Off the, apparently, I was so rude to him and all that. Obviously, weren't, but they just pissed up. Next man, I know. So, when you get initiated, you've got to fucking drop your cacks. Like, I'm fully naked. Fucking so is this other lad. I'm in a room full of all the blokes. I had to stand on a box, fucking drink beer, and tell him why I wanted to join the parachute. Could you cover your sack or what? No, you get a fucking beer can thrown off your head. So, you just had to stand there naked, drinking beer, telling him what? Yeah, like, I'd stand on the box. I'd be like, hi, my name's Cameron. <laughs> Hi everyone, my name's Cameron and I joined the Parachute Regiment because I wanted to make my mother proud. Fuck off you gay cunt. Boom. Beer bottle, like beer cans off your head and that. You know, thing. And then next minute I know, I see the monk walk in. Then I see four lads from the fucking... Those same dudes. Mortals From dude. the night before in the fucking... From, from, the, from the nightclub. Yeah. All come in, I'm like... Okay, I'm going to take a kick in here, but fuck it, I'll just take it. Like, I'm not bothered. Like, they... Like, you don't fucking scare me. In yeah. my head, I'm just like laughing like... Pff. So what's the point of the nakedness? Oh, it's just, just pure, vi yeah, vulnerability, and it's just to, uh, like, it's funny. There's nothing gay about it, yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty fucking <laughs> gay, right? <laughs> yeah. right? Oh, I wasn't going to say it. I was waiting for you to say it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh. And then we'd have to play, like, games, initiation games. So bearing in mind, like, they'll all be pissing in a cup, passing it around. And then it comes to me, and I have to drink it. The whole, the whole cup. Yeah, of piss. whole cup. If I'm gonna be sick, I have to be sick in a helmet. And then that helmet's gonna get put back on your fucking head. Gonna get put back in your mouth. So these, these, some of the initiations that we do. Is this allowed, or is this, is this, nah. is this tradition? Oh, this is. Or this is just un I'm an, underlined. Underlined. I mean, it's different now, like because we got put in the papers and. It got fucking pretty bad. Imagine when I'm senior time and I'm initiating cunts. I, I, I got some sick fucking shit. Really? Yeah. It's fucking funny. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, so I'm on the box of that. And then one of the one of the funny games, I'll tell you this game, right? It's funny. It's called Flaming Bumhole. Flaming Bumhole. Yeah, so you have to wedge a bit of tissue up your ass and then have it ripped off so it's hanging out. And then they set it on fire and then you got to dance and try and pull it out. <laughs> but you're not allowed to touch it with your hands. And as you imagine, your fucking ass is waving it, yeah. so then the flames get fucking <laughs> fire and they burn your fucking ass. And it burns your ass because the paper's wedged in your crack. <laughs> and then you get blisters on your bum and you can't sit down like. But anyway, yeah, so initiation went on. Then you're having to run around the block naked, fucking dive in all the muddy puddles, why they're throwing beer cans at you and fucking doing stupid shit. And then you have to play a good drinking game that you play. So a couple of like the new guys who have been initiated, because there's only two of us, unlucky, you're fucking doing this game with them, the newest bloke. So bearing in mind, we're all fucking sitting there butt naked 
in a line. How many of you? But there's like four of us and four there. Because I've got to say, at the start, when you get told you get initiated, every person that's getting initiated has to go to the, part, uh, to the shop and buy 24 cans of Stella, 24 cans of like a bitter, 24 cans of cider, and then 24 cans of like other shit. So then when it comes to this game, I'd have four cans. So like, so they're all curdle and that, yeah? So I'd, they'd be in the line and they'd go up, play the music, and be like, Roxanne. Every time you hear Roxanne, you have the neck. And then... The other team is well, on the red light. They'd go to that. So that gets you drunk anyway. And then you have to line up in a line. And then they're right, right, race time. So you imagine I'm here. There's another row of guys there. And it'd be like, go. I'd have to nick my four cans before the person behind me can start. But you'd be sick, right? So you're like, yeah. you just throw up on him. And then it fucking starts an effect where everyone's throwing up on each other. up helmets <laughs> and then at the end of it the losing team has to fucking drink the fucking helmet between the between the group of fucking of the puke there. yeah and piss and shit but it's all character building I mean saying this to a load of <laughs> saying this to a load of civilians they look at me and they're like and I'm like yeah I won't tell you the rest not yet save it for another day but honestly it's fucking part of character building and stuff and we did yeah i mean we've gone off subject but that's no, just but got that's, so much fucking by stories. the way by the way that that movie um with jason stratham was mean machine there you go mean machine watch there that film mean machine watch mean <coughs> machine check that out yeah so like, getting back to him the initiation finishes and they're like get fucking else in here now and i'm like, <coughs> I'm like right, here we go they're gonna try and fill me in Going in like, listen here, you little cunt. You fucking gobbed off the Spence. And there's this monk dude comes walking out, fucking tattooed up. Like, I'm just like a little... You've probably seen more meat on a fucking butcher's pencil than me. So, what, I mean, what were you fucking... I was probably eight stone piss wet through in dungarees. So let's talk Let's talk, uh, Let's talk. talk American weight for that. 115 fucking pounds? Hun- 125 pounds. 125 pounds, yeah. <clears throat> He's fucking 205-fucking-35er. Yeah. So he's like Francis Nogado and me. Yeah. Fuck. Just bouncing in. The monk. Oh, man, man. <laughs> Jesus. And I was like, oh, fuck it. Here we go. I was like, one thing I'll do, I'm fucking going to show these, saying. There's going to be character building now. Fuck yeah. And I don't know how I did it. I taught myself out of a kick in. He's like, you're fucking coming with me tomorrow, 11 a.m. You're going into the platoon. I was like, oh, motherfuckers. Yeah, so you made it. There's, I, thought I, said, I thought I'd made it, yeah. right? But they said, nah, you go out tonight, enjoy your night. But tomorrow, 11 a.m., you're coming with me. I'm taking you overseas, Spence, the sergeant. Oh, because of the fucking incident. In front of the whole fucking, his whole platoon. Like, you don't disrespect Spence. The whole platoon will kick your head in. So now I'm having to go over at 11. I'm like, okay, that's smart. Let me go out tonight and get drunk. He's not going to weigh me in now because I'm going out. Because it's your night on the town. It's your initiation. So that now you're allowed to go out and get drunk downtown with the boys. So went down, got fucked. Next day, Monk's fucking, I'm at Monk's door at fucking 10 a.m. He's like, right, come on, let's fucking go. He went, listen, mate, whatever happens, just keep your mouth shut. So I was like, fine. As long as the broom don't got my ass, I said, you'll be all right. Yeah. Um, he's like, just fucking take it on the chin, son. I was like, it's fine. He's like, you're really not scaring me. I'd have stepped that scary than you. Um, and I fucking go into the platoon and I'm like, one thing I'm not doing. I'm not going to sit here and say to you, yeah, I'm sorry for being fucking rude. I'm going to tell you, no, I wasn't. I didn't actually say anything. Like, you were rude. Like, you give it to me and 
okay, maybe I, I did answer back or whatever, but I apologise for my part, but make no mistake, I'm not coming here going, yeah, I was this and like, fuck that. And he took me out there and they're all cleaning their weapons. <laughs> it went from like, imagine like a fucking 20 metre hallway, 20 yard hallway. They're all sitting there all the between cleaning their weapons. And you walk in. And I had to walk in. Now that, it, like, it just seemed like it doubled in size and I had to walk down. All and, the way. And they're all going, you fucking chops, you can't. Ah, you're going to get banged. Get in the office and the office at the end and then I go into the office. And he's no, You like, went naked at this time, right? No, nah, fully <laughs> kitted now. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that would have been bad, wouldn't it? <laughs> And I go into the room and he's sitting there and he was like, he went, who the fuck are you? He didn't even remember. Didn't even remember. And I was like, I'm private else. He's like, and who the fuck are you? I was like, I've been told to come and see you. He went, why? I said, apparently I was chopping off to you downtown. And he went, was ya? I went, honestly, no. He went, don't worry, go on, fuck off. That was that easy. I walked out like, Phew. oh, fuck. Yeah. And the monk went, oh, yeah, fucking go on. Don't worry about it, mate. Just keep your head down, though. Yeah. He said, I've heard, I've heard about it, but just keep your fucking head down. You will have zero pressure before any of your UFC bouts due to the, what the fuck that you've been through mm. previous to this. Like, so let's get to that. Does does that, do you feel pressure now that you're in the UFC? Do no. you feel that after your loss in your in, in your debut <clears throat> performance, which you, which was a great fight, by the way, I thought you fucking did extremely well um, f- for a week's notice. Does that fuel you? Honestly, before getting to the UFC, there was a lot of pressure. And one thing I learned as the better I got was it doesn't fucking matter how good you are. It's who you know, where you are, and a bit of lucky fucking stardust. Do you Fuck, know I, I agree. I've agreed with so much shit that you've said today, and I definitely agree with that one. There, there's so many, there's people out there who are telling no who should be in the UFC, and they're never going to get in the UFC. And Why? Why? Just because they don't, don't know anyone. Character, don't know <clears throat> anyone, not in the right place, right time. Yeah. And the the moment I realized that, the moment I really started growing as a martial artist, it didn't bother. I, I, it got to a point in my life, as much as from day one I wanted to be in the UFC, the moment I had a change of heart and I was like, not change of heart, I obviously always wanted to go there, but the moment I went, you know, fuck it, if I don't make the UFC, I don't make it. I know I'm good enough. If these cunts can't, can't see it. Yeah. Then yeah. fuck them. You've lost out on a fucking star. That's yeah. how I look at it. Yeah. I know I'm good enough. I and mean, if the opportunity is there, I will take it. Yeah. What I'm going to do now is concentrate on me and, and and me as a competitor compete against me. Stop competing against others and work on my own yeah. self. And get better at yourself. Get better at myself. Yeah, 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 bro. Uh, because at the end of the day, there's a thing called genetics. Fuck yeah. Every fucker's got different genetics. Yeah. I ain't never going to beat Usain Bolt in a race. Yep. It doesn't yeah. matter how hard I train. I'll right. never, ever beat Usain Bolt in a race mm. so i need to just as long as i can get to my peak cameron else peak and if that takes me to the ufc great if that takes me to the ufc championship belt even better mm. but as long as i know that when i sit back with my grandkids i say i gave it every fucking thing i had i didn't want to worry about other people and the moment i started changing that way of mindset shit started changing for you shit started changing and then obviously going we can talk about the breakdown if you want because yeah. i think that really stems on why i believe i rooted off to the ufc that was with the the breakup with your girl, the it, army, the the shattered eardrum. Yeah. So what it was, it was 2010. I come out of the army, and I've never felt such like a big failure in my life because of how I come out after such a massive achievement. Yeah. You felt your worst failure. Yeah. I was such an oxymoron. That's such that's such unbelievable that you even would think that. Yeah. Like 22 years of age, I was like the fucking kid from my hometown, like the paratrooper. 
yeah. guy that had been a war. Yeah. It was fucking legend. I was tough. I was yeah. I I had a missus, I, I had a son. It was it was great. And how how the army went about it was fucking disgusting. I lost my hearing in Afghan. And they turned around and said to me when I got back, you can't go into weapons no more because you're fucking deaf. Because you can't hear everything that's yeah, going on. You hear was it one ear or both? Both. Really? Par- what was that from? Partially deaf and both. From a mortar or something like that? So what it, there was, it was a day attack. We went out to uh, capture some Taliban leader. And on the way back, they opened up on us coming back. And then I jumped in between two Canadian gunners. And they let off a fucking rapid. And then like a bit of a... So it hit the bank and there was like an explosion. Like quite a loud bang and it just but ripped my ears out. Blew both your eardrums yeah. out. Yeah. And I was I was bleeding like from my ear. At the time my uh court war I can't even think who at the time grabbed me and they they were like, What the fuck's happened? I was like, I can't fucking hear. And, and what was it just like a Yeah, the easiest way, it was like a flashbang, it was like like just loud, but then it was like like a real sharp pin noise and then like a nuts. Then nothing, and then it come back like the hearing come back. It was very weird. It happened in a split second. It was so fucking rapid. Because then we was on our way to bug out and go back to camp because the other group of people have had captured this guy. So as soon as they had captured him, all the fucking Taliban obviously started. So you just got him? Yeah, they got him. Yeah, and fucking whipped him off. And then we got back on the planes, and then my hearing then was like fucking up. And then I had like loads of snot gunk coming out of my ears for the next fucking two months. The army didn't know what they were fucking doing, syringing my ears. So I think you're, per- to, you're not supposed to do that. No, right? I was no, perforated eardrums. Yeah, but they were fucking soaking my ears. And then I end up getting an infection in my ear, MRSA. Oh, you can die from that. Which you can die from. Right. So MRSA, when, that's right. When I was back in the UK and I saw a specialist, like, how the fuck are you? Like, you got MRSA. Like, you shouldn't be anywhere near. So anywhere. the army paying you for the rest of your life for that fucking injury? Holy fuck. They're not. Fuck. That's such I get a bullshit. basic pension. It's just fucking bullshit. But anyway, I then so basically we're back and they say I can't go into weapons. So now they put me in a fucking platoon. Like I wanted to go snipers and then go on to the SAS. That was my dream. And I was meant to go on the sniper course, but I can't go on weapons. So I get put into an MT platoon where I'm just sitting on the vehicles, fucking in a bum platoon. And What's I'm that? Like, What's that? A bum platoon. Like bums, like people that are sick and fucking don't want to go yeah. out and fucking go to war and what shit. They just get put there and work on vehicles and that because you right. can't do shit. Yeah. And that's when I started drinking and going out, fighting, getting in trouble. And then I got arrested four weekends on the trot. And then the court pulled me in and said, listen, you're going in front of the RSM. If you fuck up once you've had this RSM meeting, you'll be kicked out of the army. Like you, you'll be so, service no longer required. I was like, fuck. I was like, okay, cool. I said, I'm going to stop drinking because I've started to do martial arts. And I did. For the next three months, I was fucking... Like, one thing is my soldiering skills were fucking brilliant. They were? Brilliant, yeah. Like, I was a marksman on on, on, the, on the range. And my in the field where it mattered most, um, I was on point. Like, mm. I my my um, records and my reviews and all that were Your flaws, great. Yeah, yeah, they were great. And three months went by and... I get pulled into the office and I get my review and they said, look, you've done really, really well. Bear in mind, I haven't yet been in front of the RSM. I'm waiting because you can only, you have to sign for it. You have to sign for the bender. They call it a bender, three-month fuck-up. Once you sign from that date, three months. 
A bender was something different where I come from. I know. <laughs> same, same. That's, I just remember them saying it back then. And um, I was like, when am I getting this interview? They're like, don't fuck up before, Cam, because you're in enough shit. But when you have the interview, that's when it matters. I was like, all right, cool. Had my review. They're like, we well, want to get you on your lunch jack course, promote you in August. And I was like, sweet, I'm fucking game. I was like, do that, and then hopefully my hearing will be back, and I can go on a sniper course. So, so sorry, just just to cut you off there for a second. What was the hearing like after the injury? Did it? Could yeah, you? No, it was. It was, was like, like you had your hands over your ears. It was muffled. Yeah, it was. It was muffled. It was more like if the TV's playing over there and you're talking to me, I can't look, fucking turn off. I can't hear. I can't. Right. If someone's out of the room and talking, I couldn't hear. And then now and again, I get I get pains in my ears. But, um, ear aches? Yeah, a lot. I, I just had a lot of ear infections ever since. It's just got worse. Even now to this day? Yeah, it's got worse. It, they told me that my hearing would get better. I did it fuck. Yeah. Um, How are these headphones? They're great. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. So I then, yeah, I then, so I had that review and I, I'm buzzing. And I'm, uh, I, I'd stopped drinking, um, stopped going out because I knew I just couldn't fucking be around it. And then out of nowhere, I get a phone call. Come to the office. So yeah, yeah, sure. Run up there. I didn't get on well with his sergeant anyway. He was a fucking arsehole. Tommy Tucker, fucking cokehead. Like, little fucking... Like, if I see him now, I'm going to bang him. I hate him. Because he fucked me over, do you know what I mean? He's a little fucking wrong. Um, and I turn up I turn up to the... I turn up, and he's sitting there. He's got his arms crossed. I walk in, and, and I see the officer who's before me as well. And they're like... They're like um, um, I'm like, what? They said, you got to pack your shit. You're leaving. I said, where the fuck am I going? Says you're leaving the army. I said, "Why?" He says, "Service not even required." I said, "Are you fucking taking the piss?" You thought they were joking? Yeah, and he was like, "Nah." He said, "Cause you've obviously been in trouble and now you got arrested." I said, "I got arrested in December. It's now fucking March." I said, "I haven't even had my interview yet to go in front of the RSM. Cause then if I fuck up, then I go." And he went, "Look, it's sorry, mate. It's not down to me. It's just, it's just what it is." And at the time, it was going into a global recession. So, right, yeah, 2000, 2008, 2009. Yep, yeah. yeah, that's right. So this is where I obviously start to become wiser and start realising after that it needs to start cutting people away. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember, and then I click, they're not fucking joking. And they're trying to get me out the next fucking day. Like, as, oh, if, quick. as if I've just failed a drug test. Yeah. Which I don't do drugs, never fucking touch drugs. So, and the only way you literally... Will fucking get kicked out the next day is if you failed a drugs test. Yeah. So I was like, oh, fuck you. I said, you fucking stitching me up here, like to decide. And he was like, look, let's just go back to your room, unpacking it. And I was like, oh, fuck you, you can't. Like, and I walked out and he was like, start marching. I said, who the fuck are you talking to? I said, I'm not in the army no more. Fuck you. I want to bang you. I went back to my room. I was like, D kidding. I said, I want a fucking interview with the RSM and the company officer who's in control of everyone. They said, you'll get that tomorrow. And I went, all right. So I went down to sort of Padre and I said to the Padre, I said, look, I'm getting fucked here. Uh, you know what Padre is? Um, is that like a, a priest? Yeah, like a priest, yeah. basically. Someone you go to and, can, uh, yep. and get advice mm -hmm. from. And I told him what was happening. And he was like, I said, he said, look, have, you, have you not been in front of the RSM? And I was like, no. I said, I've not had a fucking interview. I said, yeah, fair enough. I fucked up in December. I said, it's now March. I said, I have to sign for it, right? And he said, yeah. He said, just explain this to them and it'll be sorted I said I've got a meeting tomorrow at 2 o'clock I said I've handed all my fucking kitten I said I ain't told like my missus and I was having dramas with my missus at the time and I was like like I don't know what to do 
like for the first time in my life in a long time I felt scared wow. and I've been to war and I weren't scared there nice. and now I'm like fuck like what am I gonna do because your life yeah I've got direct debits coming out of my bank I've got bills to pay I've got a kid to feed I'm a fucking 22 year old man like as much as I may gob off I fucking need the army I need you guys mm. and at the time I was just like alright I'll wait till tomorrow then I'm trusting you Padre <laughs> And he's like, yeah, don't worry. Someone will be there to represent you. I was like, who? No one's fucking told me who's going to represent me because it's got to be like, you've got to have a slitter or someone to make sure you get a fair fucking Tri trial, trial yeah. right? So I'm like, all right. He said, Tommy Tucker will be there. I'm like, my yeah. fucking sergeant, the cunt who's fucking, I said, I don't want him there. Yeah. I said, he, he will fuck me over. I said, I don't trust him. And uh, with that, it was like, look, just be there two o'clock. Next day, rock up two o'clock. I'm waiting outside the the office, uh, CO's fucking room. Where's fucking Tommy Tucker? He didn't turn up. Did not turn up. So I'm there on my own. The Provo sergeant turns up now. He's like, right, fucking slam your heels, march into that office, slam, in, slam your tabs in at the fucking officer's thing, salute him, listen to what he's got to say, shut the fuck up and get out. I was like, I'm saying my bit. I get my bit to talk. And he went, just fucking get in there. Went in, slammed my tabs in. This is, I'll tell you now, and this is how fucking spineless this fucking, this was, honestly, I've seen more fucking spying on a fucking worm than these cunts. They had me at that desk and I waited there, saluted him. He then pulls up a bit of paper and he's like, um, yeah, so you got arrested here on this date and that date and this date. Yeah, and obviously you're hearing service is no longer required. It was that, just like that. Yeah, and I went, okay, do I get to say my bit now, sir? I said, because I, Shut the fuck up. You can't. The probo's on. Blah, 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 just fucking ran me out of the room. I was like, you fucking assholes. I tried to fucking punch the probo. Fucking threw my berry at him. I was like, fuck you. And literally, they just fucking escorted me to camp. Fully wow. packed up in my car. <clears throat> and then I'm like, i got to tell my nan. Like, that's yeah. what I fucking didn't want to tell. Yeah, yeah. So then, and I broke up with my missus at the time. Well, we went for a real shit patch. And normally I'd stay with her, so I wouldn't. So I didn't know where to stay. So I stayed in my car. So now I'm living in my car, in a fucking car park. Behind Tesco. Behind Tesco's. And I got a job driving lorries, and I was having such a bad time. I was I was trying to get, like, sort of... A lorry is a truck. Yeah, the Americans truck. don't know what lorries are. Semi. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I was, living, I was living in the back there, and I was kind of... I was like... I was just so like, fuck the world, fuck everyone... Like, what am I doing? And, bear in mind, because I'd been training a little bit then, I got my first amateur fight, and my coach, Neto, love him to death, my brother, my professor on the mat, brother outside, he was like, why aren't you fucking training? What you think? Because I've given you a fight, said so you can fight for me now. Like, you think you're fucking better, get fucked training. Yeah. What he didn't know is that I was in my car, and I was having to try and fucking just work things around. So I weren't turning up to training, but I was, I said, to, he said, you're going to pull out a fight? I was like, when I give my word, I'm going to do it. I'll fucking do it. I'll be there. I'll be at the fight. So I was dealing with that stress from him. I was trying to fucking get sort things out of the missus. And then I was driving the lorry around. Thinking, and then in the end, I was like, do you know what? I'd go into Tesco's and I bought a notepad. And I was like, I could run this company better than this cunt. So I wrote down, I'm going to start up a courier company. So I wrote down every route I took, all the... the um, the price of the gas and all that shit 
literally put all this book together and there was a friend that I was talking to at the time. I said, Lou, do you want to start this company with me? I've written everything down and I've written it perfect. Because I just, I'm working with a company. I see everything you're doing wrong. That's what I can create. What you're doing right, I'll make, I'll also Better. use. Yeah. And I've done all that and then me and Miss start working things out and then fight weekend come and I had, uh, I'd written the book clear and I thought, right, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to just start my own business up. And then I had, this is my first ever fight, right? My cousin, I'm like, you can drive my car because I was obviously cutting weight the, the day before. So it's a day of the fight. My missus is coming out, so I'm like, I definitely got to win. If I win, I got to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I, I get a bit naughty as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? So I was like, fuck yeah. So I'm now driving to the venue or to, to the gym to meet my <clears> coach. <throat> my cousin's driving and it's only gonna fucking had a car crash. Oh, fucking hell. Fucking wrote my side of the car off. Like straight two fucking lampposts. Buff, buff. All buckled up. My knees fucking jammed in the car. I'm like crunched up in my car. It's a write-off. I'm like fucking hell. Like my knees just like. So you did your knee again? Yeah, my knee is like fucking fully like swollen up. And I'm like, my cousin's like, oh, yeah, I love him. I love him. He's honestly, he's one of, probably the best guy I've ever met. And he's like dead upset. He's like, oh, look, I fucked it. I fucked it. You're going to be able to fight. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. You and still it, fought? Yeah, fuck it. I'm not going to not fight. And you won that fight? And I won, yeah. Jeez. But the funny thing is that that happened. The police turn up and they start trying to get smart. I was like, listen, bro, I've got a fight to get to. There's my car. There's my insurance details. I'm off. I text the coach and I'm like, no, I'm like, oh, I want to be late. I'm in a car crash. He was like, oh, you're using the car crash excuse. I'm like, motherfucker, it's if. Don't judge my word. Yeah. So he take a picture of the car and I was like, I'll meet you at the venue. He's like, oh, if you turn up. I turn up late to the venue, come hobbling in. I look him and he's fucking Brazilian gangster, right? So I walk in up to him and he goes, I said, do I look like I'm fucking lying? And he went, so you're pulling out the fight then? <laughs> and I went, nope. He went, I was supposed to get your fucking gloves on. I was like, oh shit, we're doing this. Gloves on, straight down, out for the fight, won my fight. Fucking hell. Got my bed, got laid. Talk about, <laughs> talk about, talk about getting through adversity. And one thing that I want to talk about that, that really stood out with me is that I was looking at your Instagram yesterday. Yep. And I saw you cooking English muffins on the fucking stove. It's fucking good. I thought it was this morning. Was that this morning, was it? Yeah. Why were you cooking them on the stove? Because I didn't have a toaster. <laughs> so you improvise. And how good's that? You got a gas, yeah. the flame, yeah. and the fucking muffin yeah. just sat perfect. So yeah. we're paratroopers. We adapt and overcome. Well, you know what? Here at the uh, the Marcus Deegan Show, we, we adapt and overcome, and we like to take care of our guests. So on behalf of myself... You got me a toaster? <laughs> you fucking up. Have you really? <laughs> How mad is that? Here you go, mate. Cook your fucking toast on that now, son. Oh, Cook your muffins on that. That's fucking great. Yeah. So uh, we just thought we'd, <laughs> we'd do a little That's gift. funny. Yeah. So, and also, um, we'd like to gift our guests as well. Um, Title Sport Recovery. I don't know if you've tried this cryotherapy CBD spray. It's unbelievable if you've got... I have, I have a really bad back. I've just literally had two days off because I had a bad back. Bro, you will love this. Get get that sprayed on your on your L5 or L4 or whatever it is that, that's hurting and this this will fucking change your life. And let me know and um, and I can get you some more if you need it. Also, uh, this podcast wouldn't happen with my amazing affiliates and this is the part of the show which I call 
the passing of the proper. Now, there's a uh, there's a mixed martial artist who's probably one of the most well known guys in the world that also started a little whiskey company. Oh, I felt I banged out his teammate. Yeah, <laughs> who was his teammate? Uh, Dylan Took. Is that right? Yeah, 18 seconds, Bellator. Good night. <laughs> well, even if you banged out his teammate, no. this is the part of the show which I call the passing of the proper. Uh, Connor and the boys send me over this whiskey and I get to give it to my guests because they come on and take the time out of their day. This one's for you, brother. Oh, I'm a whiskey man and all, so. Yeah. Have you tried that? I have, yeah. I what have. do you think? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. I mean, props to him, man. Yeah, man. Get yeah, it. yep. So enjoy that. Um, uh, enjoy the toaster. <laughs> oh, that's so funny that's so funny um, yeah well it was it was uh i had to, i i got got out of bed early this morning to go and get that because I, I said to my my lovely partner over there i was like man this guy this guy's cooking muffins like you mexicans cook tortillas they cook the, they cook them the same way it's fucking improvising isn't it yeah. you gotta yeah yeah um is there any um so you're coming into the names of <sighs> great british fighters that are in the ufc um Obviously, Biz being Paul Daly, um, Leon Edwards is fighting Nate Diaz coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, we mentioned um, Paddy Pimblett, the Scouser, earlier on. Yeah, um, he he was he was actually on the show in our first season back in the day. Um, your, your your fight's been changed from July seventeenth to July twenty fourth, yeah. where you are fighting Aaron Phillips. Yeah, there's been a back and been a, <clears throat> been a bit of back and forth going on via social media. Is that something that you, that you think builds up the fight, or are you just like, nah, I'm just going to tell you how it is via social media until I belt your head in? Yeah, well, I'm I'm one of them. I'm I'm not disrespectful to anyone until yep. until you cross me. Yeah, and then fuck it, let's go. Like, yeah, he's like the way he's handled his situation. I just thought was really muggy. Like I put up a post saying, like just waiting on the text from manager to see who wants to smoke. Yep, just, like. That's not... And he lipped off on that? Yeah, he was like... Uh, apparently, like, he wrote on my status and then he put up a picture copying me going, oh, I want to smoke, but I haven't heard nothing. It's like, as if I'm scared. I'm like, yeah, I'm scared. Like, yeah. I'm going to get given your name and all of a sudden he fuck, don't give me that killer. Like, yeah. guys, you're not a killer, bro. Yeah. You're not. Like, yeah. look at look at the way you fight. You, you you go on the back foot and you fucking tap out. You don't even fight the hands. Mm. Like, you, you, you tap the chokes. Like, what yeah. the fuck? I that? mean, the bantamweight's got a pretty stacked card with with, with, with with a bunch of fighters. I mean, did you watch uh, your mate Cody Garbrandt last week? Unfortunately, yeah, he had it. a little bit. I mean, I, I like Cody and uh, I felt I felt bad for him. I thought he did well. Um, I, th I think that, like, going off that fight, I think he can only grow from it. Yeah. I think he, like, if if I was him, I, like, no matter what, he got knocked out free on the, on the bounce, didn't he? Bad knockout. So bad, bad. The question of doubt in every man's head. Can you recover can from Can I take a dig? Yeah. And rightfully so, he took some hell of a dig. And mm -hmm. I think I think that played that a, a big part in that fight. Yeah, yeah. In his mindset. Yep. Like he said, he was fighting himself and trying to fight Rob. Right. And like I said, a big part of his head was worrying about taking shots but i think him watching it back i realized fuck it i need yeah. to yeah i need to get back in now i'm yeah. not worried about taking yeah. the shots like yeah. I, I say any man can take any shot he sees coming yeah 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 so let me let me let me throw a couple of names out to you aljermaine sterling oh. <laughs> do you know what like in regards to that fight i wrote yeah on the ufc post about it and obviously you get some fan base love it some fan base don't yep I, this this was exactly like my view on his acting. So that you thought it was acting as well. One hundred percent. It was one hundred percent. One hundred percent. He acted some part in that. 
Right. Um, don't get me wrong. So, so, so it wasn't as bad as what it looked. No, like he could have carried on. But it's right. If, if, if he was winning, and if, if, if he was dominating, he mm. would not take that option out. Mm. I think. I think honestly, and I think this is what people don't understand. Non-fighters don't understand, and um, and people that don't really get it at this level yeah. is let's work out how much money he would have lost if he had carried on and lost that fight. Right. He wouldn't have got his win bonus. Yeah. So that's, I don't know how much he's on. Let's just yeah. say an extra 100K. Right. right. He wouldn't have got the strap and the glory. Right. He wouldn't have got the strap. No, I don't think it's so much about the strap. Yeah. And honestly, I don't believe AJ done that to put a strap on his shoulder. AJ, like, so He did it because he thought he was losing? Yeah, no, he did it for the money. Right. Like him, like he got, he got his win purse. He also now has to defend his belt. When you defend a belt, you get an extra 40K. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Like if he if he had lost that fight, he knows it's a long way back to a title shot. Yep. You got fucking killers lurking in the hallways yep. waiting for him. Yeah. It's a long way back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like so rightfully and and let's not forget, Pete, you fucking know the rules, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like we have to disqualify. Like he, he has to be disqualified. I was speaking to Heather actually about this, and I think for it's for life. Say him. Disqualified for good? No, no, not for, not for good. But we need to take away the pressure from the fighter. Right, right, right. Like what should have happened? The the referee should have turned around and said, "Fuck this, DQ. See you later. Yeah. I don't care, Sterling. If you can carry on, yeah, that is a deliberate foul. Yeah, to a down opponent. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. Right. That's when the rest should have said, no, that is a DQ. There you done. Yep. Well done, Sterling. You've won. Okay. But putting the pressure on a gun, do you want to carry on? Yeah. So what happens is you have fighters that go down the line who are generally fucking hurt. I think, who was it? Smith. Anthony, against John Jones. Yeah, yep. Anthony Smith. Took an illegal blow. Yep. Was fucking hurt. Yep. But kept going. But carried on and yep. lost. Yep. Now, it was an illegal blow. The referee should have said no. That's an illegal blow. Yeah. Like, intentional or not, there needs to just be, a, yeah. it can't be great. It needs to just be down to the referee. If you do a, an illegal blow to a point where it's could have it could have affected Sterling, that could have really hurt him. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, only Sterling really knows. We're going to all have our opinions, but only Sterling knows. Yeah. But let's say it really did hurt him. Mm -hmm. He's still going to get a ref for it. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah, pussy. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. pussy. Yeah. But it shouldn't be a pressure on the fight. The referee should turn around and be like, listen, that's a fucking deliberate DQ. You're DQ'd. You fucking cheater. Yep. You shouldn't do that. You know the rules. You fucked up. Well done. It shouldn't be, oh, you, you think you should carry yeah. on? Because yeah. there's money at stake. Yeah. It's livelihoods. It's, there's so much. And I do believe, like, looking at it, <laughs> come on, mate. Like, yeah. It's well, a bit bad. And then how he's then come out after. And then she, with the belt. The belt. And now he's being cocky about it. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's him all over. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think he's he's in the wrong. Yeah, I think yeah. who's in the wrong is the ref. The yeah. referees need a bit more bollocks or have more authority mm. to say no. That's yeah. it. I'm not asking. Why do we have managers? Yeah, because I would fight anyone. My debut, I thought fucking guy who was a champ who was nine and two on my yeah. debut. Why yeah. had no manager offer me a fight? You feel I'm gonna look like a pussy and say no? No, because I generally want to yeah. fight. Yeah, yeah. I have a manager to say no, no, no. Mm. I'm not going to tell you about this because this crazy can't say yes to everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. would. Yeah. So you have a manager to filter it. The referee yeah. should be that. 
So would you get in with Jake Paul or Logan Paul? 100%. So that's coming up this Sunday. I don't care what anyone says. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, 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 not, be- uh, I'm not worried about I won't watch that shit. But if I see Jake, I, I would slap him. Uh, yeah. And I think DC kind of fucked up by having... By not slapping him. Yeah, like, what, what, what the fuck is that? Last like I said, I actually said the other day, I went down to Houston to watch the fights. And I said, uh, I put on my Instagram, so if I see Jake Paul, should I slap him? And I was like, yeah. I was like, fuck yeah. Mm. And I would. 100%. Yeah. If I see him, I'd be like, hey, come here. I'm like, do you know me? And he'd be like, no, who the fuck are you? And, and you just like, go, Whack. bang. I go, now you're going to know right me. the fucking year old, man. Yeah. And I say, I'll fight you. Because for one, it's only going to fucking Make, build up yeah. my name. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be fucking worshipped by the MMA community for yeah. fucking finally slapping the prick. Yeah. And all the boxers, any any combat person who has actually done the rounds properly, trained mm. and fought, yeah. and earned their right, fought in the nightclubs, and fought and trained, warmed up in fucking toilets and shit like that and yeah yeah exactly you know what right i mean all yeah. of that shit yeah, yeah all yeah. of them i'm doing it for all of them and if yeah. i do see him i will fucking slap him see the good thing about this podcast is that like i i, I go a direct I, like i have a direction where i want to go and it fucking never goes that direction which is which is what i love about this man your story's been fucking awesome i literally could go for another two hours well, talking listen, with you I, I keep I want. I would. I do want to have an opportunity to speak just about the mental health side of it and yep. about the breakdown because I've had a lot of. I have a lot of following that know I went through it. Yeah. And I want to do it, but maybe we should save it for another day. Yeah. And you I'll know, let's in and let's just do that. Let's let's get you in after the fight after yeah. you get that win, and then we'll do it again. Um. So what? Oh, look! Look what we got up on the screen there. See, my I got my engineer wrapping us up, but he wants Ooh. to know what this. What? So what happened with Snoop? Okay, Snoop. <laughs> Thanks, Ian. Well, <laughs> it was in Vegas when Snoop Dogg met Cam Cheetah. Really? Not Cam Cheetah meets Snoop. Snoop met me. All right? So I was cornering my friend Joby Sanchez yep. for the Contender Series, and mm-hmm. Snoop was doing the rounds on that. And we got done. He, he won the contract. It was his second fight in the Contender Series. So he done that, and then we went backstage and Snoop invited us into his little fucking cabin to have a little smoke because they all smoked. And, and you don't smoke weed, right? No, at the time I'd like never smoke weed. So when you smoke weed without smoking weed for the first time, anyone that doesn't know, it puts you into the next stratosphere, right? Yeah, it was fucking crazy. So I went in there and... And you would have been sucking on that joint hard trying to impress I've Snoop got it too. On, I've got it on my Instagram. <laughs> you should see the video. It's fucking funny. So I'm, the, I'm there. Okay, I'm, uploading this video in three, two, two one. one. Bang. Oh, no, we'll get, no, we'll get, we'll get. It's gonna be up there. Yeah. It'll be up there. Don't worry. Yeah, works right. So I go in, and then he's like, "Hey, my little nephew." I'm bad in my Snoop's fucking tall. Yeah, yeah, he's like six three, right? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's like a paperclip. Yeah, he's fucking tall. Mm. So I was like, right, and he's like, "Where are you from, my little nephew?" I was like, "I'm from England, London, near." But I say London because it's people don't know where anywhere else. Yeah, is. we're yeah. fucking right there. And he's like, "You want some of this?" And I went. I've never smoked really. I went, fuck it, gives it here. So I take it and I'm like, and I'm like, and that's when I think he asked me at that time, where are you from? I was like, not London. Like, and then I, I'd like choke, you fucking hit me. And then I was like, oh my God, I look like a bitch. I need to you were coughing. So I just, just grabbed it again. I'm like, I go again. I'm like, woo, fuck. <laughs> so he's like ripped my chest. And then he was like, what are you doing tonight? I said, we're fucking celebrating. My boy's winning. He's like, oh, I'm performing at Dre's nightclub. And I was like, what are you saying? I'm fucking partying with you or what? And he was like, yeah, take my number. <laughs> I was like, damn. So you got Snoop Dogg's phone number. Yeah, That's so, badass. So I, I got his number and then we go 
we went and got changed that and then my friend his girlfriend and cowboy you know cowboy's friend obviously um he was there as well and i'm i'm good friends with cowboy that's why i live with him basically albuquerque so i'm like oh fucking snoops hit us up cowboy we've got to go down there so we go down to the club and everyone's queuing on seat to go in and see him and I'm to the doorman, hey, brother, um, yeah, Snoop's invited me down. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, bro, the queue's <laughs> over there. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you don't get it, bro. I'm his fucking pal. I'm his guest, mate. And yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah sure, okay, mate. Bro. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Because the queue's huge. And I'm, I'm not fucking queuing. And so I, like, I ring him and I'm like, take him because obviously he's in there. And then you ring. I, I pass the phone to the security and the security like, uh, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But like, yeah, yeah, come for us. Like, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right. They walk like McGregor through the yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. Dre's. Yeah. And we walk in and then he's up on this fucking this balcony. Like and Dre's have you obviously yeah, 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 been yeah. there. He's up there and he's got the whole fucking thing. And we got there and he's like, Hey my little nephew <laughs> and he's like calls me out and he passed me another joint. I'm like, fuck it, you're gonna go. Like with me, if I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go. <laughs> so smoking. In the end, I'm like, let me get you a shot, bruv. Let me get you a shot. And now at this point, Cowboy's fucking bouncing. Fucking Job and his missus are bouncing. And this other lad, Matt, he had to bounce because they had flights. And I'm like, I've got a flight too. Like, my flight's at 7 a.m. I'm like, fuck it. I'll just go straight from here. Yeah. So I'm now alone with him. And he's he goes and gets his fucking bottle of... He goes, let me, I've got something for you. And I was like, all right. So we're sitting at this table and he goes out the back and he comes back with his fucking black Big bottle of proper 12. Done it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it was. It was just black. Couldn't even see it. And he's la laid up all these shots and I start fucking doing these shots of him. And then it just turned into like a music video. I had like <laughs> just people twerking and it's just <laughs> fucking crazy. And I'm just like, this is fucked up. And then I'm like, fuck, I've got to go, bro. And like, then I'm like, I've really got to go. And he's like, where are you going? He said, we're going back to the penthouse. And I was like, nah. nah. I'm done. See you yeah. loud. And yeah. he's like, Fuck okay, see you loud. He said, it's great fun, great guy. And then I was that fucking wasted. I had my passport on me and I just thought, fuck, just get to the airport. I forgot I had to go get my shit. So <laughs> I just left it. Yeah. And just fucking bounced back to Albuquerque. <laughs> and then literally, because Albuquerque is what, an hour flight. So I've gone from Pyramid and Snoop to fucking now, like two hours later, I'm just literally laid on my bed in Albuquerque. Oh, what like, the fuck just happened? Fuck? And my pal who I live with, he's like, bro, I see your fucking video. You was part of me soon. I said, bro, look at this. That's fucking awesome, bro. I said, two hours ago, I was... Well, if you're going to finish off a podcast with a story, that's the one to fucking finish it. The yeah. juggernaut of all stories, getting to hang out with Snoop Dogg. Brother, we're definitely going to do this again after your fight. Yeah. When you win that, we're going to get you to come back in. We're going to sit down. We're going to have a big talk about everything that we that we didn't talk about today. Yeah, Brother, I've had fucking a great time talking to you, man. Yeah, I, been, I feel like I've known great. you for fucking 20 years. And um, I'm, just, I'm just so happy for you. And I'm so... I'm so amazed at what you've gone through your 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 life and your story is so inspirational i'm going to take so much away from this and it's it's inspired me today is there anything you want to say before we bounce on on, on a positive note to anyone that's listening i want to say to you firstly like thanks for taking me on yeah, like, man. Like, like i said it's my first time actually coming in i actually thought about setting up a podcast back home during the pandemic yeah. um but then i saw the price and i was like oh fuck i'm gonna yeah. wait until i get in the ufc first yeah. Yeah. but yeah so to come in here and see this set up and that is fucking awesome and i, I appreciate you guys all of you thank for, you so much um, having me here i also just want to say to all my fan base and my supporters thank you very much yeah. to my missus back home who's 
fucking holding up the castle with Good the three it. kids and that. Good for her. I'm home Friday to yep. get my visa and then I'll be back here handling business and then nice, nice. a nice holiday away with the kids and that. So. And if uh, anybody knows Tommy Tucker, there's a UFC <laughs> there's a UFC fighter that would really like to catch up with you again. Yeah. Just saying. Or Spence. Or Spence. No, yeah. no, fucking Spence all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spence is cool. It's well, Spence saved me. Yeah, well, Save me from a kicking from the platoon. Fucking great, great show. Great, great podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, best of luck for the future. I'm a fan. I'm going to be in your corner and we'll do this again. Let's stay in touch. Yeah, 100%. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Cheers, brother. Thank uh, the, hey, thanks to our sponsors, Title Sport, Proper 12, Irish Whiskey, uh, the uh, the Aussie Project. And the toaster. Oh, mate's going home with a bunch of gifts. See how everyone leaves the, the Marcus Deegan show? You've got toasters, you've got you've got whiskey, you've got freaking there you go. All right. Hey, guys, thanks for coming on. Thanks for watching. Um, this is Marcus Deegan for the Marcus Deegan show. We'll see you next time. The Marcus yeah. Deegan show. How long was we? Two hours? Ah, uh, yeah, about two. Fuck, bro.